Hi friends, welcome to Revelation Revolutions next podcast. This is um, Dr. Jana Joshu Grimm and I'm the founder of a Christ-centered fitness ministry in South Orange County, which is a Revelation Wellness fitness ministry. Um, Revelation Wellness is an amazing ministry um, based out of Phoenix, Arizona that certifies Christian fitness instructors and equips us to go and start our own ministries and share the gospel using tool, uh, using fitness as a tool. And so Revelation Revolution is the ministry that the Lord called me to pioneer here in South Orange County. And um, a new addition to the ministry is these podcasts. So um, we just invite you to come exercise the word with us. This is a workout with a work in. We work in the Word of God. Um, so whether you're cleaning house, whether you're hiking, biking, running, walking, walking the kids or walking the dog, or whether you're just laying flat on your back and you're out on an injury or you're just exhausted, today will be a very refreshing podcast for you. Um, these are grace-based podcast workouts. All you have to do is strap on your earbuds, earphones, whatever, or turn the volume up and listen and just move your body or pull back and rest as the Lord is calling you to rest. So let's begin today. Um, this podcast is going to be on rest, God's rest, and how rest is so much greater than striving. I've spoken to so many people um, in the last few weeks, even months, that are just exhausted. They're burnt out. They're weary. And that is not the life, the abundant life that God has called us to. He has something so much greater. And a lot of it is because we don't know how to rest. We have gotten sucked into the world's way of doing things. We think that our workouts have to be extreme and intense at all times in order to maintain a certain weight or to be healthy. Um, we have been told that it's lazy to rest or to slow down. We've been fed lies from the enemy that if we slow down, we're not going to be able to make an income or provide for ourselves. But the truth is, is God is our provider. The truth is, is that rest is a gift and it's a command. The truth is that God's word tells us that as we rest, we're going to actually gain more strength. We're going to be refreshed. Taking a weekly Sabbath day is not only a gift, but a command. So we're going to actually open up the scriptures and talk a little bit, just to get a glimpse of what the scriptures say about rest. And I want to meditate today on Psalm 127 because that's where God's had me camped out this week. That has been the message in my classes this week. I teach local indoor cycling classes, Christ-centered indoor cycling classes at CB Cycle Barn in San Clemente. Monday mornings at 1045 and Thursday nights at 7 p.m. And the first five classes are free. So if you're local and you come upon this uh, podcast, I encourage you, come join our community to come get refreshed with us. We have a blast. We have a blast. Every class is different. But this month, um, the Lord has called me personally to take a Sabbath month. So I'm still seeing patients. I still have work to do. But I'm 
called to spend more time resting, more time saying no to extras and removing anything from my plate that is not necessary. God has given me permission to sleep in. He has given me permission to not return phone calls. He has given me permission to change my schedule. And in this, I've already received so much healing, so much refreshing. And that is why I have overflow to share with you today because it's taken weeks of me just sitting at his feet just to get filled back up enough to be nice to people and to um, to feel like I have um, I should be allowed in society once again. <laughs> uh, we all need grace, right? Me too. So let me just open us in prayer today. Lord, God, Creator God, our rest and our comfort, Lord, I um, come humbly to you, Lord. I ask that you would speak through me and to me today. I pray that my words would be your words, and I pray that you would refresh every listener. God, I pray that your word of truth and revelation would literally just tear down the walls of pride and striving, fear, anything that causes us to work our tired bones to death, God, anything that's causing us to grow weary. Maybe it's busyness of mind, Maybe it's people-pleasing. Maybe it's just being in a hard season of life where we've had to put our hands to the plow. God, I pray that you would direct the steps of each person, myself included, God. I pray that you would protect time for us to rest and to recover. I pray that there would be no shame in resting, that you would delete those fears from our minds, God. The striving mentality that says that there's no gain without hard work. Lord, I pray um, just for a refreshing and a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit for every single one of us today. Lord, I'm no better just because I'm leading this podcast, God. I'm just sharing what you are teaching me, Lord. Um, teach us the truth. May your word go forth to the ends of the earth, Lord. We love you and we give you this hour. Lead us. Don't let us get one step ahead of you today. In Jesus' name, amen. So I want you just to take a deep breath as we get started. Wherever you're at, if you're feeling led to move your body at all, I want you just to take a deep breath in through your nose. Exhale through your mouth. This is going to be fun. It's going to be refreshing. This is not meant to be an intense workout. I'm just wanting you to move your body however the spirit leads with no fear, no pressure, no shame. I want you just to listen to a word of truth and listen to the worship. Let the Lord move you. You may feel so refreshed in a matter of minutes that you find yourself jogging or moving. Maybe it's that you lack being um, motivated and this is refreshing to you, and so it causes you to move. That's okay. But to the weary soul, I'm calling you to rest, giving you permission to rest. It's a gift from the Lord, a Sabbath day or a Sabbath month. Ask the Lord for what you need today. Ask him to speak to you clearly. His grace will wreck you. You will find enjoyment in resting. Eventually, when you train this, when you train truth, when you train rest, 
you're gonna end up more refreshed, more energy, more healing, which equals more weight loss. It's countercultural. It's totally scandalous. The pressure's off. You don't have to carry the weight of the world on your shoulders. I can remember the Lord giving me a vision when he called uh, my husband and I to lay down everything we owned, everything we knew in Franklin, Tennessee, sell my practice, our home, our boat, our cars. I was drowning in student loan debt. I had a very successful practice. And he called us to move to California. The vision, <laughs> the vision was sell everything, move to California, live on a boat, and share the gospel. A lot of people thought we were foolish, <laughs> stupid. People turned their back on us. And then we had radical, awesome friends who supported us and cheered us on and, and had gone before us and paved the way because they'd taken leaps of faith before. So we rested in that. We did it. We got here. And God called me to a long, extended season of rest. And that was the last time I really had a season of rest, um, even kind of similar to what I'm in right now. Um, it took me six months to receive it as a gift. I felt like the Lord was punishing me by taking things away, by not opening doors, by letting me squirm in my pride and striving heart. <laughs> but he had to work that out of me. He had to work it out. That's what it took to humble me. And I'm so grateful. I have to laugh at myself today. But I'm here, friend, to tell you that if you work out, let's just talk about our workouts. If you work out extremely hard or just feel like you have to, and that's the only way you can keep weight off, and you're, you have all these fears about gaining weight or missing out or not looking a certain way or whatever it might be, whatever is motivating you, name of Jesus, Lord, renew our minds today. Transform us by the renewing of our minds. Romans 12, offer up your bodies as a living sacrifice, friends. Are you willing to hear the truth today and still be friends with me at the end? Um, even if it is totally goes totally against what you've known or been taught your entire life. You get to rest. It's a get to. Rest is a gift. So I want to just encourage you that if you work out extremely hard or whatever it is you're doing, and you do your workouts, if you feel exhausted the rest of the day, if you um, are struggling with like feeling shaky or um, dizzy spells, or you get lightheaded when you stand up, that's a big clue. Um, but if you feel like you need a nap later in the day after you work out or on the days that you work out, then you need to step back. You either need to decrease your intensity or your frequency, or maybe change from running to walking. Or if you're in my spin classes, perhaps don't turn your resistance up so hard or stay in the saddle. We don't look to the left or the right. We don't worry about what anybody else is doing. We just show up, right? Listen to the words to this song. Just come to the table. Say, Lord, what do you have for me? Because in slowing down and doing what is within your limitation right now where God has you or where you've taken yourself, you're gonna gain more strength and rest. You're gonna gain peace. You're going to gain freedom. The acidity in your body is going to decrease. 
your body's gonna be able to heal. Your immune system's gonna get stronger. You're gonna be able to maintain lean muscle mass. <laughs> if you keep pushing when you're already running on E, you are working against yourself. You have to stop it. You have to stop it. So today you have permission to just walk. Maybe this is so freeing you wanna skip, but you just have fun. Do not push, do not push it too hard. I intentionally didn't put on really crazy high intensity beats today because I want you to just experience the love of God, how much he loves you. He invites you to come to the table, just have a meal, come receive your daily bread, which I'm gonna to read to you in just a second. Just be refreshed, do nothing, practice doing nothing. Even if it's a few minutes every day, it's addicting and it's healing and it's okay. Listen. Just move your body. God has called you to move with me today. You're just walking. I'm actually on my home uh, cycling bike. I have no resistance on here. Very low. <laughs> I'm just moving my feet and talking to you. And I'm smiling because it feels really good. It feels really good just to move nice and easy. The spirit is moving. I can feel it. He's going to speak to us today. Come on. Keep breathing. Just engage with your breath. Do you hear that? Sit down and be set free. Not run and push harder to be set free. Sit. Have you actually sat down and asked the Lord what your workouts should look like? Have you ever done that? Have you asked him how long, how often, where, what? Have you ever asked him if there's a workout that you're doing where you're being motivated by pride or maybe the instructor or person or people that you're working out with or being led by are actually pushing you to live in your flesh, teaching you things that are contrary to the word of God. I encourage you to rethink that. That's the point of these podcasts so that you can have some biblical and godly um, workouts, access to something wherever you are, wherever you are. All you have to do is push play. Listen, I want to read the word of God to you. This is the scripture I've been soaking in this week, and it has encouraged me so much. I'm reading from the message version, Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. 
It's useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. Don't you know he enjoys giving rest to those he loves? I'm going to read that again. Again, it's Psalm 127, verses 1 and 2. I encourage you to go read this again. This is the message version. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. Ouch. If God doesn't guard the city, the night watchman might as well nap. It's useless, useless to rise early and go to bed late and work your worried fingers to the bone. We would call that striving, friends. That's striving. That's fear-based. Pride. It finishes, verse two, don't you know? He enjoys, he enjoys, God gives joy from giving rest to those he loves. He loves you, he loves you. God would not take something away from you or call you to step down or step back if he didn't have something better. And it may not come in the timing that you like. Oh, trust me, so many times, the waiting, but he's training and building patience, long suffering. He's building your faith. He's building a mansion, a house that will stand and not a shack because he's building it, not us. Let's go back to verse one. If God doesn't build the house, the builders only build shacks. Our bodies in God's word are referred to as tents. And we could read this from a fitness perspective. If God doesn't build the house, if God isn't the one building our bodies, then the builders, which would be us, if it's not God, it's us doing it. We're building a shack. But you know what happens to a shack when the storm comes? It collapses. It crumbles. It doesn't last. We end up feeling ashamed of it. We don't want to take care of it. It doesn't have any value. So if we could work the equation backwards and say, Am I, am I one of those people that's constantly shaming my body, putting it down, making fun of it, or hating it, hiding it? Not that we want to flaunt it. Don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But if that's the case, it's because it's we've built up the lies in it. We have built it not on a solid foundation. We don't know our identity in Christ. We don't know who we are. We don't know whose we are. But that ends today because I'm here to tell you who you are. And you're a child of God. You're not bound by the fear of what people think. You are not bound by body shaming or body image. You are not somebody just because you get attention for a hot body. You are not more loved because more people turn and look at you because you have plastic surgery or you wear a cuter or skimpier outfit. Nor are you less loved by God because your body is not where you want it to be, because you've put on weight or maybe to the point of obesity or because you can't move because of an injury. 
God loves you and there's nothing that you can do to make him love you more or less. He loves you infinitely <laughs> beyond more than you could ever understand. And so that's what I'm inviting you today is to press into that. If that's hard for you to receive, then the only movement you need to do is in your heart and mind and just keep repeating that over and over and over again. He loves me. He really loves me. Rest in that. Rest in that. Before you're so focused on the problem and trying to fix the problem, we live from the answer. We live from the truth, which is the word of God. That's where it starts. And we build the foundation on truth. Our workouts, our eating, our drinking, our thinking, everything we do is built on the solid foundation of truth, which comes from God's word. It doesn't come from the fitness magazine. It doesn't come from the gym. It doesn't come from your fitness instructor or your personal trainer. It doesn't come from your doctor. It comes from the word of God. Everything has to be sifted through him. There are certain workouts that I just refuse to go to because I don't want to have to discern what is being spoken over me, whether it's truth or not, or whether it's just subtly deceiving, but sounds really good, feels really good to my flesh, makes me feel good about myself. So back to talking about rest. I want you to listen to this song. I'm sure most of you know it. No longer slaves, right? But we're not slaves to fear. We're not slaves to our bodies. We're not slaves to food. We're not slaves to alcohol. We're not slaves to striving and working and hustling. We are not slaves to religious laws. We are free, children of God. And rest is found right there in the middle between rebellion and religion. That's where you're gonna find rest. If you're bound on either side of it, if you become a religious busybody, you're not free. You're gonna have a restless mind. You're gonna be sin sniffing and bound by legalism, a lot of have to's and I can'ts. And if you're bound by rebellion, thinking, I love God, so I do whatever I want, and I don't care what they say, I'm just gonna keep pushing it harder and harder and harder. Maybe you see your body, your numbers on the scale going up, you can't get off the scale, so you punish yourself, you figure, I've already cheated, so whatever, I blew it, I'm gonna keep doing it. No, his mercies are new every day. You go back to the truth, a life of self-control and obedience. Get your freedom back. Rest in that. Keep breathing. Come on, breathe that same breath. That same breath that created the heavens and the earth and everything that is in it. The breath of life. God made the world with his breath. Use it. Use your breath. Use your breath. It actually brings your heart rate down. It buffers your heart rate. It's gonna bring your heart rate down the fastest. Come on, breathe. Take in the truth. Come on. Rest in the truth today, friends. Freedom.
he's parting the sea today. He's making space for you to rest. chains, God, of control. We're no longer a slave to being demanding and controlling. Fear makes us feel like we can't quit. We can't let our guard down. We've got to work our weary, worried fingers to the bone, and we don't. Do we really get to see God move and work and exercise our faith if we're always striving and doing it for ourselves? No. Something the Lord showed me this week, he gave me an analogy of how resting is similar to the truth behind why we tithe and how we trust God in that. So when we tithe, we're saying that God, we trust that you can do more with our 10% that we sacrifice for you than we could do with 100% of our money. Amen? It's a sacrifice, yeah, but it's an honor. It's a step of faith. It helps us to exercise our faith every day. It's an act of obedience. It takes humility. <laughs> it takes surrender. 10%. Sometimes for, in most states, that's more than our tax. It's a lot to give up. But you don't even think about it anymore after you exercise it a while, right? And so likewise, God can do more with us when we quit striving, when we lay down our fears and we choose to rest and to trust Him, than we could actually do by spending 100% of our time hustling, putting our pedal to the metal and working our worried fingers to the bone. Psalm 127, I love that wording, working our worried fingers to the bone. If we're honest, so many of us have fallen into that trap. Just one more job, one more client, one more customer, one more patient, one more whatever. When God is saying, we have to have boundaries, we have to have time to rest. Let me go back really quick before I finish this analogy of godly order. If you've never heard this before, hear me, I'm gonna repeat it. It's God first, 
and then our family, which goes spouse, and then children, and then grandchildren. And then our work, or our ministry, or our volunteer work, whatever that looks like. But it's God first. Time with God. Quiet time alone. Rest. Rest. Family time, which also is going to include rest time. But if we're all honest, usually our devotional time gets cut off and our family time gets cut off. We live in this world of rush, 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 and we demand immediate responses from people. We're constantly connected to noise and words and social media and information and the internet and people and, did I say noise? We're constantly distracted. We become a world of religious busybodies. We're always striving for more. We live in a world where families are dividing, families are disconnected, friendships are not authentic. Our adrenals and our nervous systems and our bodies are just totally fried. We survive on coffee or energy drinks or stimulants or Adderall or Ritalin, saying we have ADD and ADHD, or we live on antidepressants so we don't feel anymore. And then we chase diagnoses because our bodies are falling apart. We're desperate for a quick dose of more energy. And when we try to heal the right way, we wonder why our energy is not climbing immediately. It's because that's not how God designed us to, because we've ignored the problem for so long that it doesn't heal overnight. And we don't have the patience to wait on him. We don't have the patience to slow down and rest. It's really hard. It's a vicious cycle. we still want to do more and sleep less. All of it's driving up healthcare costs. We're devaluing life. We're devaluing, devaluing relationships. We spend minimal, if any, quiet time with our creator. Half the time it's distracted by TV or kids or dogs or noise or phone calls or texts or whatever. When God, our creator, quiet time with him, rest. He's our source of peace. He's our wisdom. He is where our provision comes from. He's our provider, not us. We don't provide for ourselves. Everything we're given is a gift of grace. It's from Him. Do we know that? Do we believe that? Have we forgotten that? All the things that we're really seeking come from Jesus. So how can we receive what we're not even spending time doing or getting to know. God can't speak to the hurried, frazzled, busied mind all the time. Come on, listen. condemnation in Christ. Thank you, Jesus. 
thank you, Lord, for speaking to us like a good father. You discipline us, you teach us, you love us, you always take us back. Your correction is for our good and for your kingdom's glory. God, we don't want to be religious busybodies. We don't want to be frazzled. I guarantee nobody listening wants to have a racing mind all the time. Everybody's tired of running on E. We're exhausted. We need rest, Lord. Help us. Church, I fully believe that when we take God's word and we work it into our hearts, not just the feel-good parts, not studying the word of God topically, but literally taking a book and reading it front to back, dissecting it, understanding every verse, hearing from him the uncomfortable parts, the convicting parts, and we work it into our hearts, not just our mind, but our heart. Being convicted, repenting where we need repentance, receiving love and grace and mercy where there is shame and grace. Or shame and guilt, excuse me, I said that wrong. Where there's shame and guilt, receiving his grace and his mercy. It's a gift. He wants us to open it. Receive it today. Receive it, church. It's not just for you. It's for his glory that we receive it. examples. This month, he's called me to the Sabbath month, right? And this really started in the last month, but it's taken a while to establish the things I've needed to establish. Some things take time. Sometimes you can't just go, today I quit. <laughs> I quit doing this and that. Like, you have to get some things in order. So, I've been working hard to get things in order for quite a few months, knowing that this season was coming and looking mightily forward to it. Um, 
but the Lord called me to change my work schedule, to change my office hours, um, to take my hands off the reins and get help, receive help, so that I could rest more, which meant I had to trust, I had to train, I had to take the time to train somebody so that I could get to that point. I had to receive the gift of somebody helping me when I couldn't really afford to pay them what they're worth. That's really hard for me. I had to receive another gift from him. Humility. I've had to say no to a lot of opportunities, things that sound really good, really tempting, really good ministry opportunities, or just a list of other things. A lot of pressures from different people in my life. I have community all over the St. Louis area where I'm from. I have a huge community in the Nashville area where I practiced for five years. I have a church family here, a ministry family here in Southern uh, California, South Orange County. Um, I have a Revelation Wellness family of instructors and you know we're growing quickly. So there's just a lot of a lot of need, a lot of people, prayer requests, people that need health care that can't afford it. I constantly have to discern, like, what am I supposed to say no to? I'm not everybody's savior. I can only do so much. And so I'm here to encourage you that you're not anybody's savior. Jesus is. Let God be God. Stop playing God. Stop playing the Holy Spirit. At some point, we have to trust God and other people. We have to receive help. We have to delegate. We have to set boundaries. We have to slow down. We have to make time to get a full night's sleep. If we're working late into the night, it has to stop. You're never gonna be refreshed without sleep. We can't live on coffee and stimulants and energy drinks every day and think that it's not wreaking havoc on our little tender adrenal glands. Take it from me. I work with people every day. Adrenal fatigue is so real. The level of liver and gut problems and candida overgrowth and hormone imbalance. So much related to stress. If you're working, you're worried fingers to the bone, rising early and staying up late, not getting enough sleep, you're doing more damage than you can imagine, not just to your family and not just to your body, but you're preventing revival in your own life and in your own church. The Lord has been speaking to me. In my rest, I'm hearing so much from him. And don't we all love, love to hear from our, our savior, our comforter? When we become obedient to rest and take a weekly Sabbath, play with our kids, play with our husband, just rest, maybe do nothing. When we say no more often, we free others to say no. We lead from a place of vulnerability. Let me tell you how much the church needs that today. When we seek the Lord and ask him how our day should go, what our agenda should be, what stays, what goes, we ask him for our daily bread, he's faithful to give it. He's faithful. He wants us to come and ask for what we need. I don't think he wants us to ask him while we're running sprints and working three jobs and just running ourselves ragged. But in that, we change. When we rest, we change. We heal. We see change and we see revival in our own life, in our churches, in our marriages, in our parenting. We're a lot less short-tempered. Oh my gosh, the amount of apologies, apologies that I've had to extend in the last few weeks because I was running on E and 
I was being obedient to work toward resting. It just felt like it couldn't come fast enough. But I was just exhausted and it wreaked havoc on my body, my hormones. And um, so I've, had, I've been taking what the necessary steps are to take care of myself, but I have bit people's head off. I have been less than gracious. I have been critical in my own mind. I have said words I wish I could take back. I've had to apologize a lot. And it stems from busyness and exhaustion, you guys. So I'm not speaking from somebody that has it all perfect and figured out, but I can tell you, I speak to you from a humble heart who is willing to be obedient and say, it's time to rest again. Join me, join me, let's enter into his rest. I believe, church, that if we will rest and trust him, that we will see more favor and we will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Psalm 27, 13. We will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. The enemy does not want you to rest. He wants you to stay frazzled. The remedy for restlessness starts with repentance. It starts with repentance. Repentance for being disobedient. Repentance for pride. Or worrying, perhaps. For people pleasing. Being afraid to say no. God is gracious. He is gracious. He doesn't call us to live in fear of what other people think. It ends today. Who's in? Can we, can we just agree that it ends today? Can we receive his grace? And can we receive this gift of rest today? It's totally countercultural, but I assure you, the gains from doing less are worth it. It's gonna take faith. You walk by faith and not by sight. It doesn't always make sense. It doesn't always make sense. The Lord woke me up a couple weeks ago. I was having a really, really bad dream, kind of a nightmare. Um, and in the middle of it, like, it was ugly. And I just heard the Lord say Psalm 118. He didn't jump into my dream and, you know, I didn't see him fighting some war for me or anything like that. I just heard his voice, his still, small voice. And he said Psalm 118. So I woke up. I didn't know what Psalm 118 was, and I read it, and I thought that was definitely from the Lord, definitely from the Lord. I'm going to read the first part in the New King James Version. So Psalm 118 verse 1 in the New King James Version repeats four times. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good, for his mercy endures forever. In the ESV version, it reads, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. Fast forward to verse 5, and then verses 13 and 14, it reads, this is the ESV version. This is what I woke up and read. 
It reads, Out of my distress, I called on the Lord. The Lord answered me and set me free. I was pushed hard, so hard that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. The Lord is my strength and my song. Right before that, it says, I was pushed hard so that I was falling, but the Lord helped me. Friend, if you feel like you're falling or drowning today, you feel like you cannot get ahead no matter what you do, you feel like your kids are running further and further from the Lord, you feel like there's just zero opportunity at work, you feel like your marriage is just more than you can bear, that it would be easier to leave, you cry out to the Lord in your distress. He already knows. He already knows what's going on, and he knows the beginning from the end. And if you will stay, and you will fight from your knees, and you will trust him, he is faithful. He is faithful. And if he is telling you, I know you're putting on weight. I'll tell you, this happens a fair amount of times when I'm working with a patient. Here we are going through maybe a detox, just a healing crisis. It's hard. They're spending money on supplements and they're changing their diet and there's just there's a it feels like a lot and it's already they've already waited until their body's completely falling apart perhaps and so it just feels almost impossible so i'm not only coaching them you know that self-control is a fruit of the spirit when you feel like you can't give something up or you just can't do this you're going to fall off the wagon grace grace but that is when you're on your knees maybe it's 50 times a day in the beginning you're asking the Lord, Lord, I need a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. Bind my flesh, God. Bind my flesh. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. That is where your ability to change and to be disciplined comes from. It's not your responsibility. You can rest. You can rest in the truth. And the truth is that all you need is a fresh filling of the Holy Spirit. And you can change. And the truth is, is that things may not go your way. When you're healing, you may put on a few pounds. You may increase a size. It does not mean that it's not working. It does not mean that you're never going to heal or it's never going to get better. It does not mean that it's over for you or whatever the enemy is trying to tell you. It does not mean that you're less beautiful. You have to trust the Lord. You have to trust the Lord. Go back to the drawing board. Did he lead you? to work with me or whatever doctor you're working with or the trainer that you're working with did he inspire it did he give you permission to do it are you praying through it are you asking him how to eat are you sifting everything that's spoken to you are you sifting it through his hands through his word does it align with scripture even if it doesn't make sense right now it can still align with scripture does it go against the, the faulty thought patterns that you've been taught that like in order to be healthy you have to be skinny that the addition of one pound or ten pounds equals a lack of health that's not always true that's not always true there's a healing crisis and in one person it might equate to migraine headaches or feeling like you have the flu or diarrhea and in another person it might be some weight gain and here you are 
striving and eating all these um, different foods or not eating foods that you used to. So it feels like everything's hard, just hard. But it doesn't have to be striving. It can actually be enjoyable through the transforming of your mind. When you focus on what you can have and you think, wow, there's people in third world countries that never get maybe a meal a day. They don't even get to decide what they want to eat today. I'm so blessed. I have all these choices. I've got like a hundred vegetables to choose from. I've got all these different protein sources to choose from. I've got nuts and seeds and legumes and, you know, um, healthy lemonade, detox lemonade to choose from and different herbal teas. I've got kombucha and water. I mean, there's a lot of options. It's just not the options you used to have. But our focus is on ourself. And so we drown in irritation and frustration and we want to quit. We want to throw in the towel, which doesn't really serve anybody. We stay restless, but truly in pushing through, resting, just listening to your body, letting it heal, which may not feel good, and which may mean that you have to rest more, <laughs> which means it might hurt a little bit. You might be squealing and squirming, but you can trust the Lord in it. If he's leading it, he will see you through it, and he will give you sufficient rest to heal in your journey. Sometimes you're not called to make all these dietary changes and go through detox and work out extremely hard all at the same time. It's too much. It's just too much. We're about to wrap it up, you guys. I pray that nothing I said was condemning. I pray that everything is wrapped in a bow of grace. I want to share with you a vision the Lord gave me last week, which can equate to or relate to striving. It's regarding driving. <laughs> the Lord showed me that, so I saw myself driving, and he said, if our eyes are so fixed on the destination, and I saw myself like driving to Denver. I live in South Orange County, down an hour north of San Diego. So driving from the Pacific Ocean to Denver, say, for example. If your eyes are so fixed on getting to Denver, and you are just determined, I'm gonna get there, I'm gonna go straight there. I'm not gonna stop at stop signs, I'm not gonna stop at the red lights, I don't care who has to go to the bathroom in my car, I'm not stopping for potty breaks. I don't care if there's construction. If there is, you get super frustrated. If you're so fixated on the destination that you don't enjoy the journey, you're gonna hurt a lot of people. You're gonna destroy relationships. You're gonna miss it. Because the real destination is heaven. We keep our eyes on that. We know where we're going, but we don't spend too much time looking in the rearview mirror, looking behind us and drowning in our past or wishing we were still somewhere else. We use our side view mirrors. We've got to know what's going on around us, be discerning, be alert, be sober, be vigilant, as the word of God says. But we don't drive looking in the side view mirrors, wondering what everybody else is doing, comparing ourselves to everybody else. We glance and then we stay in our lane. We stay in our lane. We use our signals. We ask for directions. We ask the Lord for directions. We don't just keep our keep so focused on that goal of reaching a certain financial um, gain or 
a house or a status or a position or a body weight or a body fat number that we're willing to do absolutely whatever it takes to get there not stopping at the stop signs blowing through red lights driving over the car in front of us ramming people doing whatever it takes to climb that corporate ladder and then looking back and going I didn't spend any time with my family. I'm so exhausted. I've got the leanest body fat in my class. Yet my heart is empty. I'm miserable. Know where you're going. Destination heaven. But be flexible. Be flexible to the moving of the spirit. Be sober, be vigilant, use your side view and rear view mirrors. When you share your testimony, when you look back on your past, don't glorify the sin. Don't do things to draw attention to yourself or shame yourself for what you did. The slate's wiped clean, it's over. The past is the past. It's a new day, you're a new creation in Christ. Eyes on Jesus, eyes on the road ahead, but pay attention to the signs and the exit ramps. And when there's somebody that needs you, your children need you, or your spouse wants time with you, or your marriage is falling apart, stop for potty breaks. <laughs> if there's a beautiful lookout point on the way, don't just blow through them. Stop, take time to rest, enjoy the journey. You're not called to be a religious busybody. You are not called to be frazzled. God has called you to the abundant life. You are free to rest. You're allowed to rest and you are not lazy. Come on, breath of life, breathe. today for every listener and for myself God speak God what is true help us to meditate on those things that are noble and righteous and true and peaceful God if there are any areas of restlessness or bitterness or bitter jealousy or envy or lies God I pray that you would break those in the mighty name of Jesus that you would sift our hearts God that you would pour out your peace today you would pour out your peace on all of us, God, that you would make time for us to rest, that you would give us peace in the rest, and that we would sit in it in, in absolute quiet and be at rest in that place. I pray that you would refresh us, God, all of us, weary sinners, God, us strivers, us hustlers, Lord. Ain't nobody got time for that. <laughs> Lord, we love you, we love you, and we give up. 
time that we could be making more money or being more effective in ministry, quote unquote, or working harder, doing more. Lord, we sacrifice some of that time for your glory. And we trust that we will gain even more in doing so. In Jesus' name, amen. Friends, I hope that you really, truly get to rest. I hope that you've enjoyed this podcast. I want to read one more thing to you without music. This is an excerpt from the book Intimacy with the Almighty by Charles Swindoll. It reads, Lewis Grant dissects an article published earlier in Woman's Day in which the lifestyle of one working mother is praised and presented as a model of sorts. Listen to this woman's life. She rushes from home to work in the morning, eating yogurt in the car for breakfast. She has lunch at the spa where she works out. She leaves childcare to her husband, who also has a managerial position 40 miles the other side of home. She pilots a small plane in her leisure time for pleasure. She teaches on the side a class at a local women's college. She leaves the kids with grandma, leaves the kids with sitters. She leaves the, leaves the kids. Grant likens this lifestyle, which he calls fast folk, to keep up with the gerbils. In his immensely perceptive piece, he illustrates the shallowness of relationships in a fast folk family. There's no time in such a family for one another, for intimacy, for communication, or for listening. That's for slowpokes. And the author points out that children are slowpokes. There's also another page, the last thing I want to close with today, in the same book that reads, If the pace and the push, the noise and the crowds are getting to you, it's time to stop the nonsense and find a place of solace to refresh your spirit. And I can tell you, friends, you've got to make time to be quiet and be still before the Lord. Be still and know that he is God and you will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I love you guys and stay tuned for more. I'll be resting with you. Bye-bye.